All right. Might as well start off with some good Polish heavy metal screaming at Nazi Germany for taking over Warsaw in their attempt to... Uh, Take over Europe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking of, of the screaming was done oh, in the attempt I'm, to retake. I thought you meant the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> well, that did happen. The reason they took over Poland is because they wanted to take over right. Europe. The reason they screamed was because they wanted to retake their city. Um, so uh, the, the town of, of the of um, a few years, a few decades later, uh, blessed Jerzy Popuyescu, who oh, was yeah. killed by the uh, communist authorities. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, it is. It's actually made me really think about whether I'm living the Christian life correctly. Um, which actually is – and I did not intend that. That was a great segue. <laughs> is Part exactly, two. Exactly what we're talking about today. So so things are – we're hunkering down more here. We are not uh, – no longer in Dr. Jager's office. It's We've got to keep on the move. For all, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. The Nazis are after us. Uh, so for all we know, there's coronavirus just – breeding in his office so now we're actually in uh my garage um recording this so on uh on an app called garage band yeah this is this is my second garage band i've been a part of in my life <laughs> <laughs> much different i'm sure much different. than the original yeah. um so we are uh, we're, we're going to talk about the christian mode of life part two here today um nista so if you remember as we talked about last time we talked a little bit about uh, how this is a late, late work of Gregory's, and um, what did we get into? Now I'm trying to remember. What page? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was like 42. Oh, that's what we read up that's to. Read yeah. Up, yeah. yeah, we kind of ended talking about becoming a new creation in the, the mystery, the waters, the stream of the mystery. That's how he puts it, the stream yeah. of the mystery. And... Uh, in becoming a new nature, or maybe not a new nature, but becoming a new creation, maybe you could say that depending yeah. on how you want to interpret that. This is this is a paradoxical epiphatic that we're talking about anyway. Yeah. Um, but he kind of ended at least the section that I read up to, which was 43 at the end of the first paragraph, talking about the lovers of truth need to seek love. and And it seems like, in some sense, the rest of the... The rest of the treatise is on is sort of a commentary on um, Matthew two thirty six, which is the the greatest commandment, right? The two parts the two parts of the law of love, to love God and to love your neighbor, because he he gets into some practicalities of how to live the monastic life, but he does that as an idea of talking about love of neighbor, but of course it's always for him. It seems to be linked. Uh, ontologically and and inseparable from love of god mm -hmm. uh, this is what i was thinking about actually when i when i read this on page let's see here page 148 um right in the it's kind of one big fat paragraph right in the right in the middle of that page um he's talking about love of god love of neighbor he says uh if one does not have love if one does not if, he says, however, if the first is not there, clearly the second will not be present. For if one does not love God with all his heart and all his soul, how can he care wholesomely and guilelessly for the love of his brothers? Since he's not fulfilling the love of the one on whose account he has care for the love of his brothers. Uh, if you, this, is, this reminded me, actually, of um, the first letter of John, where he says very drastically, he who says that he loves God but does not love his neighbor is a liar. Here it seems that Gregory is doing sort of the opposite of that, which which I've wondered if, if you can do that, and I, I kind of think you can, which is a, a good question to ask sort of in our postmodern atheistic yeah. society, whether you can love your neighbor without loving God. Um, so can I bring up Dostoevsky? So you right can always bring up I mean, So I think we ended with Dostoevsky. I'm bringing it up again here. Uh, but in the, uh, the Brothers Karamazov, again, you have uh, when Zosima goes out to, um, to the people, uh, it's towards the beginning of the novel, when all, they all gather for the first time in Zosima's room, mm -hmm. and then Zosima just stands up in the middle of their conversation, and he leaves to go meet the, the people, talk to the people. And there's this one lady there that he's talking to that, that talks about how 
she has this this love for humanity in in the in the general in the abstract. Uh -huh. um, and Zoskima, um, I think, tries to redirect it to, to say that if you you don't you can't love humanity in the abstract. All that can be loved is humanity in the particular. Mm -hmm. So there's a there's this, I think something kind of yeah. kind of similar going on here. You can't really love creation without loving the creator, and you can't really love the creator as creator without loving the creation. And you can't um, really love creation without loving the creatures that you encounter. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So I, th I think it's it's um, once again the um, I mean this I didn't initially think of this. Uh, until now, but the um, I mean it's, it's a platonic point uh, that the the relation between the universal and the particular you can't like really divorce the two. The mm -hmm. way the way to come to know the universal is through the particular, mm -hmm. and the particular can't be known unless it's a particular of a universal. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's there's seemingly something going on there with love of of being itself and love of a being. Uh, those have to go. Um, together, especially if you. And I was thinking about this morning, randomly, before I even thought about Gregory. Um, especially if you think that God is not a being, right? That He is whatever He is, which is maybe even to ask say that whatever He is, what implies nature, which He doesn't have a nature. Yeah. Um, but we always sort of want to think of Him as a particular, which He just isn't. And therefore, it seems like the only way to love God, and maybe this is what John is saying, is to love the particular creatures that he makes. Yeah. Um, because if you love, if you say you love him and think of loving him in some, some way that corresponds with, I don't know, thinking of him as some dude that lives in this particular place, and this, then, then, then I don't think you understand what you're doing. And therefore... How do you love something that isn't particularized? Be because it puts it except it, for the incarnation, which is actually yeah. very important. Here, yeah, I think. but it, I, he's going to get into. And this I think story. I think the problem with particularizing God or reifying God or making God mm -hmm. um, 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 a being is it, it puts it then puts God in in contrast or in 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 dichotomy with and in, in, in distinction to other creatures, and so now you're forced to actually make a choice, which is. Which is it? Is it God or is it this other thing? Because it's yeah. Right. Which which is which is the thing to be loved? Which right. is the thing? Which is the good? Is it is it God or is it the creature? And uh, and if God becomes a being, then it's not possible to say both. It's only by quoting Kusa that well, I can't quote Kusa because it's too it's it's too paradoxical. <laughs> uh, how does it go? It's something like. Uh, not the not other? Yeah, the not other. Uh, oh, I don't know. You know um, that better than I do. Um, uh, it's something like God is... Um, I'll dig it up. I'll dig it up. <laughs> but it, it's it's only by having God be... Um, only by having God transcend the order of creation that he's capable of not entering into... Um, distinction with and therefore competition with creation mm -hmm. um, uh, and I think that's that's also the uh, the, the the foundation of um, the platonic good is that the good is so far beyond um, being beyond the the, the, the the visible world that it's not in in contrast or in distinction to it mm -hmm. um, yeah but the, but the beyondness is important because otherwise you you're going to fall into some sort of pantheism where God is just everything and we're not saying right. that but we're also right. not saying that God is not uh, maybe not in everything but the word in doesn't make yeah. any sense right yeah. I mean we don't have prepositions to fit this yeah. but but nonetheless we're, we're saying he's not he's not everything but he's not not everything right. or something like that right, right. right. yeah so yeah. it's a uh, it's I think Christianity is sort of the only way that you can really have this unity at the same time as having this uh, ha having this unity with the good and good things, right. while at the same time recognizing that the good is not the good things, yeah, and yet is not separate from the good things, right, yeah, and is not a good thing or the best good thing, right, right. which which 
I mean, we're just waxing and waning. Now. <laughs> we are in the garage band. Uh, if this was too orderly, I think I think you know this would this would this would make the punk rock and rollers out there just a little too upset. Right. Yeah. But, but I mean, we did start this whole podcast with oi oi uh, so if you listen to some oi you'll know you yeah, know what we mean yeah. but i i think the um the attitude so this 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 is a really important um reflection i mean just personal spiritual uh pr- prayerful reflection what should one's attitude be towards god um like epistemically uh we i i tend to think uh, the way that I think about God or direct my life towards God is as a being. It's hard. It's hard not to do that. When right. you pray, you 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 have a name, but at the same time, you realize from um, uh, Exodus that that God's name is the unnameable. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so I think to to really appreciate that makes the act of prayer uh, have a, a depth. And a, and a height that is just beyond human um, capacity. And so it, it opens you up to, to have that mm-hmm. recognition, um, opens you up in prayer to, um, to, to encounter something that is unencounterable, to, mm-hmm. um, uh, to sort of communicate with that which is beyond communication because it's, it, it's sort of the... The, the, the source of communication mm-hmm. um, it's the principle of communication and so mm-hmm. it's not something that could be communicated because it, it lies sort of more prior to it right um, of course uh, the revelation of Christ and the incarnation yeah the, the sort of I wouldn't say transforms that but it says uh, it's even more than you think right it's it's even more mysterious than you think that in fact he can be be a dialogical partner. So I was having this conversation with Jim, Dr. Madden, for all you out there, <laughs> uh, about um, Heidegger and, and ontotheology. And um, I mean, we've been having this conversation about two years now. But um, I, I was, I was uh, talking to him that you don't, you got to be careful in saying this is, these are the limits of what mm-hmm. being isn't right so so when you when you when you place being or god um in the world of of the apophatic in Mm -hmm. the world of the beyond uh you you have to be careful because you are by doing that tempted to put a limitation on what separates or distinguishes the knowable from the unknowable Mm -hmm. the, the the being uh, in contrast to a being, and I mm-hmm. think the the when you go apophatic, it's tempting to say, "Here's all this stuff that I encounter, uh, that I know, and then there's God, which is beyond that, and 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 it's nothing like this because this stuff I know, I know there's something which is beyond comprehension, and so it can't be anything like this." Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. to do that is to actually reach beyond into the unknown to say, "You can't be like this, unknown. Right. Right. I know you so well that I know you can't be like this." Right. And I think doing that is ontotheological. Yeah, no, I think that's, a de- at least from what I understand, having read barely any Heidegger, yeah. it seems to me that's what ontotheology is, yeah. is to say God has to be the not a being. Yeah, and and this 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 insight, this sort of like critique of Heidegger, um, uh, isn't my own. It actually came from reading simply, not even, it's a, an incomplete phrase of D.C. Schindler's uh, <laughs> essay, um, I think it's the problem, the problem of the problem of ontotheology, mm-hmm. uh, in his mm-hmm. book, the Catholicity of Reason. And I, I've been meaning to read that that essay for several months now. Um, but but mm-hmm. uh, just in light of what could he be arguing for in there, I, I, I came like to this idea, and, like I, and I think it's got to be. But I, but I think I think the only answer is then the the only way you can answer that is Christianity, because uh, it's yeah. only Christianity where God reveals that He's not just. In a sense, he reveals the via negativa is not enough. My my new yeah. favorite phrase is always, "God is so unlike us that he can become like us." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think that's like maybe and, the answer. Maybe that's uh, we got to read the article, but I yeah. think maybe that's what Schindler's trying to get at. Right, and I think that that that's what that's what is um, 
missing in the um, for all you Neoplatonists out there. <laughs> here's a shout out, <laughs> Yamblis, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, the 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 neo neo uh, platonic one has uh, the, has has itself or has good goodness itself um, in in this this ultra purified um, realm so to speak of 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 unknowing that it it becomes too. Um, it becomes too epistemically um, prideful to to hold that is to be is to say I know mm-hmm. the one already. Yeah, as unknowable. Yeah, I I know I know what it would be to know this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that I think requires that you already stand above it or, or prior to it. Right. Um, so I think the the true apophatic is someone who says um, that um, the uncommunicable could communicate itself to us. Yeah, which is why I think that the incarnation of Jesus Christ is the ultimate hu- humiliate the ultimate humiliation to human intelligence. Because right, yeah. once he comes down and people just as a man born blind did this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, right. Uh he it you know when when he sees Jesus again and he says I am he who's speaking to you and he yeah. worships him. Once you worship Jesus, you admit your humility, and yep. and you and you digress from the Platonic yeah. one. Yeah, and at the end, at the end, this is my favorite favorite chapter in in, in all of the Scripture. Um, nine, I think it's uh-huh. John, John nine. nine. Yeah. The whole thing's um, read, I think. Yeah, on yeah. Some, on Actually, Sunday, this we yeah. the, we ended we ended our paper uh, at the Alfred Maria Christology right. Conference with with this, which is um, Christ. The the, the 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 Pharisees say, "Are we too?" blind and he says um, if you were blind you would have no sin but because you say that you see your sin remains mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and the whole the whole gospel of John at least as I read it is about light it's mm-hmm. about sight mm-hmm. and it, it's there's no consequence which is very nissy there, yeah too, yeah, right? yeah this, this is this is very much yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the light and and, um, and it's a it's in some ways the the origins of mystical Theology probably began with John. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, as Louth would say, they begin with Plato. Plato. <laughs> <laughs> but but the no, I mean, in, in Plato, you get the sun, which is which uh-huh. is right, the light, the, the uh-huh. that which illumines. Uh, yeah, the cave and the shadows yep. on the wall. Yep. And, yes. and, and so then, um, but but I think what what's going on there is is you have uh, Jesus saying in, at the end of at the end of John this, this past Sunday's reading, you have. Um, uh, Christ saying, "You take yourselves to see, right? Which means that your eyes cannot be open to any additional light. Mm-hmm. No, no other um, light can enter because you have already taken yourself to have seen mm-hmm. uh, the light. Mm-hmm. And it's only the blind person, the blind man, that's capable of seeing. And what's interesting is he was born blind, and he wants to." Um, he wants to follow the Son of Man. At, towards the end, there he says, mm-hmm. "You know, uh, do you want to follow the Son of Man?" He says, "He says, I do." Who who is he? And he says, "He's the one you have seen, uh, right?" And it's, so, so he, he he says, "You know the Son of Man because you've seen him." But the only reason he's allowed to see him is because the light has opened his eyes. Because he uh-huh. he knew he was blind, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. So so I, I think there's this very rich um, uh, play on sight. And openness to uh, revelation, openness yeah. to the word um, yeah. going on. It, and, and this is this is why Christianity and scriptures are always relevant, right? I mean, it's it's not like Jesus said something a long time ago and that was interesting, and now we're sort of building off of it. Right. It's Heidegger's answered by by Christ, right? Yeah. I mean, the answer to yeah. Heidegger is Christ. Right. And so it's never it's never a you know, it's never historical. It is a historical reality, but it's never merely a historical reality right. where it where it doesn't. It isn't the center of all of history. Let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah. The the one way one way I like to think of it is um, um, that that Christ is, and it's sort of a play on words, 
um, but Christ is the end of history. He, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, where, he's where history <coughs> begins and ends, the Alpha and the Omega, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so all history is leading up to and flowing from, right? All meaning, all the whole, like, like what is history? It, it's, it's the narrative of creation. Right. And, and it begins and it ends in regards to, like, it's telos, it's, 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 it's ultimate intelligibility um, in Christ. Uh, and so I think to, to think that you can move beyond Christ to, to make sense of history that, you know, oh, Christ came to tell us some important things. It's not that that's to miss what what the revelation of the word is. Right. The word doesn't come to give us another word that is a teaching. Yeah. The, the word is itself the, 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 the revelation. He is the communication. That's why he doesn't yeah. need to speak to Pilate. Um, uh, when he's in front of, of mm-hmm. him qu- being questioned, right? He just, his, he just remains silent. His silence is is his speaking, yeah. right? Because his being is his speaking. Right? Yeah. This is this is very Balthazarian. This is yeah. very Dei Verbum from Second Vatican yeah. Council. This yeah. is, and of course, who who inspired Dei Verbum? But Deluba, Deluba, of course, right? Yeah. And who inspired Deluba? Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I was going to say Saint John. But <laughs> <laughs> I went better. Yeah, you went better. You went better. Well, let's let's get back into some Gregory here because uh, I think some of the themes that we've been talking about. Or in, it's, I especially am, am intrigued by, and, and you were bringing this up um, earlier. And you're talking about prayer, because um, he seems to really concentrate on prayer. Now he's talking to monks, but to think that he's talking to monks and only monks is foolish, I think. Right. But but he has this understanding. Uh, starting at page 151, near the bottom, he asks this question of you know which is the greatest virtues, which one should we seek? And he says, well, yeah. they're all of equal honor. Um, and they all and and to gain one is to in a sense bring all of its friends into its train. Of course, he would say in, in one sense love is the most important. But he does say something very interesting here, right at the bottom of that page. Moreover, it's necessary for us to persevere in prayer, for prayer is like a leader of a chorus of the virtues. Through it, the person is strengthened, and as a Sharon and touches upon the other virtues, we ask of God through a mystical holiness and a spiritual energy and an inexpressible disposition. So he seems to say, and he, and he goes on to this throughout the rest mm-hmm. of this this text, um, the importance of prayer in 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 the life of the Christian, the Christian mode of life, um, as being the place where one allies themselves with the spirits, or is allied with the spirit, as there uses the word <laughs> ally and companion. Right? Um, right. It's here where you are, as he says. A, a little bit further down, the next sentence actually, one is inflamed towards a love of the Lord and seeds with longing, not finding sa- satiety in prayer, mm-hmm. but always inflamed toward a love of the good and enkindling the soul with desire. Yep. So he he seems to, I mean, this is kind of getting into his understanding of ecstasis, right? This yeah. is pushing towards. Right. Um, prayer seems to be, in some sense, a bedrock of that. Yeah. And it's and and he kind of gets into this a lot a lot here where he talks about moving forward and always thinking about the future and yeah. and never never settling yeah. in, in some place which is going to this yeah. perpetual change yeah. and perpetual progress can, idea right can 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 I um can can we can we like loop that we're in the garage band here can we can we just loop this <laughs> up and, and sort of riff on this here a bit um, because I, I think this was I I, I use a, a green highlighter to mark important passages that I want to like talk about and that was one of the passages Aha. So, so Aha. This is, and I, I like the idea we're on the same wavelength I know, I know the same soundtrack if you will <laughs> <laughs> we're mixing it together here yeah, okay that's right. uh, hey so that's very missing too that is commingling right. we'll yeah. say but, but, the mi- but the mixing language is okay to use there's nothing absolutely. wrong absolutely absolutely yeah. okay so so, so the, the, the idea that prayer is a leader of, of a chorus Prayer isn't one of the the instruments or the singers, right? The prayer isn't one of the voices, but it is the, the leader of the voices. It's that which sort of orchestrates or conducts them mm-hmm. in such a way that, mm-hmm. that it it kind of disappears when everything else is properly like like singing and, and playing playing um, music, making making beauty. It kind of yeah, it kind of goes into that. I don't remember who who said this. We were talking about this at some point this year, 
I'm, I'm going to bring this up. Plato says almost the exact same thing, but I don't know if you're going there. Maybe. Uh, this idea that when you are loving, you don't notice that you're praying. Yeah. yeah. Or, or No, it's Plotinus, right? Plotinus. When you're reading, when you're and reading. you're reading really well, yeah. then you don't, you don't think about the fact that you're reading. Right. You're and just, if you did think about the fact that you're reading, then you're not reading, or at least not, yeah. not attentively. Yeah. Your, your eyes are just going over words. Yeah. And so it seems like if you're loving God, then you're not... It's not that you're thinking, I'm loving God, or right. I need to pray now. Right. You just right. are doing Because it. if you say to yourself, I need to pray right now, uh, and, and, or when you are praying, you're saying, I'm praying right now, uh, <laughs> then there's right. a, the, what you're doing is you, you've already like sort of distanced yourself from, right. from, from the, 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 the chorus. Right. right. You're, you're not listening to the chorus, but you're listening to the conductor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I think this is a, a really helpful um, analogy. It will, it will be helpful for anyone that, that knows a little bit about Plato. But I've been trying to sort of brainwash all of, all of you into uh, <laughs> knowing something about Plato this semester. This, is, this has all been sort of my plan, <laughs> sitting in on this class. Your plot in the back. <laughs> but um, Plato thinks that, and this is in the symposium, uh, thinks that love, um, uh, eros, is um, not, ful- not fullness. It's, it's, it's actually an emptiness. It, it's, it is... Um, a lacking mm-hmm. love, love in some ways for mm-hmm. Plato is not. Um, I don't. I don't want to say it's not a good state, um, and really, it's not a state. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a dynamism. It's, it's a movement. Yeah. 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 But but what what it is is it's it's movement towards that which you you desire but don't have right. So so love for Plato is what pushes you towards the good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think something similar is going on here uh, on on the, uh, the, the the 151 to 152 of of on the Christian mode of life. You have Nissa saying that the um, the the prayer doesn't um, doesn't satiate, doesn't satisfy um, the one that prays, right? So the perfect prayer is in some ways going to be more inflamed with a love towards. As it even says, towards the good and enkindling the soul with desire, mm-hmm. uh, and and so the, the the person who prays finds themselves not attending to themselves. They're not attending to their own life, but they're attending to that which they desire. So right. prayer is actually a way of loving that which you desire. And the more that you pray, that is, the more that you attend to that which you desire, the more right. you'll you'll sort of appreciate your distance from it but at the same time um it it you know brings you closer to it right um, which is which is why i think it's important to recognize that prayer is not saying words it, and i think it's not an end in itself prayer is not an end in yeah. itself yeah and he, he says he says that right it's sort of a description of 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 leaning towards god yeah right? or leaning towards your yeah. final end yeah, which is God. Yeah, and I mean, so is love. So think, is love. Love is, is is it an end in itself? If you love, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on what you what it depends on what you take God as love to mean. Yeah, right. If 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 love, and this is very Nissan, I think, if love is a being for the other, right. a stretching towards yeah. the one who is another, who is who is in a sense the one that you give yourself to, then I would say it is an end in itself. But it's it's in a sense, maybe maybe a better way to put it is it's beyond ends. Right. It's like beyond mean and ends. It's it's it is the means and the end. Be- because, because it's its own thing. And it's and it and it love what love is is the um uh it's the unification of the subject and the object, the actor and the the, the patient, the mm-hmm. agent and the patient. Uh so that the the um, it sort of brings into union that and so is it for the other or is it for myself like when you right. when you will the good of another is that for yourself or is that for the other and I think what what is in play is love is the recognition that the other's good is my good and right. my good is the other's good and there's no competition because you're, they're seen as as a higher union this is. This is very Ratzingerian too. I think the introduction of Christianity is filled with this kind of stuff. I think Christianity is filled with this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
introduction and the postscript of Christianity. <laughs> the epilogue. The epilogue. <laughs> but I think – so I think that the question is then it's, – it's not a question, right? Who is it good for, me or him? Right. It's like obviously you don't understand love. Right, right. But but he does get into some specifics of what it's not. Right. Well, uh-huh. first of all, he says a very interesting thing that that comes into play here. So three things I want to talk about. He talks about prayer and 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 sort of the life of love, or as he puts it at one point, going back to my obsession with the language of philosophy. Yeah. Um, he calls it the um, the whole philosophical road on page four fifty four. The whole philosophical road is a toil. And yet at the same time, he says, it's not about toil. I mean, he keeps going on about yeah, how it's right. about toil and, 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 and struggle and labor and how labor, how, how much effort and labor you put into it is how much you receive. And then he says, but it's not, it's not about toil. It's about love. Um, he says this uh, – I don't know where this is where he says – but it's really – it was really kind of shocking because he kept talking about toil, toil, toil. And then he was like, but it's not about toil. It's about love. Oh, here it is. It's the top of 145. Um, he says, uh, this is the greatest achievement of philosophy, starting at 144, that it subordinates excellence in deeds to excellence of the heart and lays a charge against life, somehow subordinating intelligence to the fear of God in order that we may enjoy his promise in proportion to our faithful love and not in proportion to our toil and labor. The gifts are so great that it is not possible to find toils worthy of them. All right, this, this, mm-hmm. the, gift of, the gift of God himself is so great that to think I'm going to make up for it by doing these things is dumb. Instead, he says, there is need for great faith and hope that the requital may be measured by these and not by toils. So the foundation of faith is poverty of spirit and unmeasured love of God. So he seems to say, you've got to keep stretching forward. It's all about laboring. You've got to put forth the effort. And he calls a prayer a struggle that we have to have much zeal and, and, and use all of our power for. And at the same time, he says, but it's not about the struggle. It's about love. Uh, which is really, I think, interesting because there's not a dichotomy between the two, and yet we rec- maybe yeah. maybe the idea is we recognize if it's if and this is good to think about in line if it's about struggling and if it's about sacrificing and if we think that it's about sacrificing and struggling then we're not getting it right it's about love this is what I said in my spiritual theology class last semester actually which I think is a good way of putting it you give up beer for Lent. And you go to your friend's house, and your friend offers you a beer. Well, you can't go to your friend's house anymore. Yeah. <laughs> your friend offers you a beer, and you think to yourself, I gave a beer for Lent, right? Um, and so you say to your friend, oh, thanks, but I gave a beer for Lent. And then all of a sudden, what do you do? You do exactly what Gregory doesn't want you to do. <laughs> you, you uh, Oh, gosh, where does he say it? All over the place. All over the place here. If you, you impute things to yourself, you, you seek in, in a pharisaical way. The, uh, the praise of others, right? Even if you're not trying to seek the praise of others, once you make it a non-secret, unsilent thing, then it is automatically going to be, gonna be in, the, in the realm of human praise. And, and, and he's yeah. big on secrecy in this too, which, right, which right. I've always been big on in spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So go back to your friend, right? He offers you a beer and you say, no, I gave it up for Lent. And you think that you're being the sacrificial one. You think that you're loving Christ more by, by in a sense, refusing the beer. But I think if, if it's really not about toil and labor, but really about love, then you say, yeah, I'll have that beer. And you drink the beer with gusto yeah, yeah. in order to say it's, it's about love. It's, right. about, it's, about, yeah. it's about loving you. And so it's not that you've, you, you just like you know, throw, throw your sacrifices to the wind, right. but your sacrifice is about the love of Christ. And the love of Christ that you have yeah. with him is a secret love. Yeah. Right? And do you think the, the, um, the struggle in some ways uh, – the struggle or the sacrifice that you make by sacrificing your sacrifice. Yeah, that's a good way of putting is it. Is itself an act of love. Yeah, and that's and, and what it is is it's it's the struggle of the cross that he as he kind of gets into, right? I mean, it's this is, this it's is, self-abnegation, right? I think in some ways this is what the uh, novel Silence mm-hmm. might be about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone's ever read Silence. It's worth reading. Um, the movie, the, the, the movie, the film was, was was pretty good. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't have any major critiques of it, but the the, the, the novel is, is an incredible. And I think in some ways it's about this. We don't have to go into yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I see just, where you're going with that. But but the the idea that you're sacrificing your sacrifices uh-huh. uh, out of love, mm-hmm. 
for one and, greater. And really, it, it gets to the question, and, and, and this is the question since Pelagianism, since Jansenism, yeah. since um, sort of the, 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 the place that we're in now and the sort of moralistic rigor that we live in. It's, it's really about, is, the question is, is it about doing this particular act or is it about love? Yeah, and, and if you, it's about love, then it's about a person and not about operations right. to, to get it yeah. or power some, some Marcus or power. All right. And yeah. So, so when you think, because a lot of times for 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 me, when I think about the sacrifices I've 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 tried to make, I'm very bad at actually making them, but <laughs> one can try. Uh, uh, that I tried to make, I I I think. This is about seeing if I can persevere. Right. If I if I have the power, the stamina, to to to, to continue to wake up at the, whatever time it was that I set my alarm to wake up at, and, right. and it's and it's it's about testing myself. Right. Um, and I, I which, think which some, seems like a pagan way of understanding. Yeah, and I think, but I think there's something good about um, sort of strengthening yourself. So that you can ultimately be be empty, be weak. Right? Right. I mean, I think that the point the point of this is that you have um, um, poverty is what you're aspiring to in, right. the, in the Christian life. And ultimately, poverty. the ultimately, form of a slave yeah. uh, is is that that which is the form of God. Right? Yeah. God is yeah. is not something to be grasped at with determination to wake up at. 4 a.m. and right. you know, thinking if I can do that, then I can be God, or I can be more Godlike, right? Um, by right. like being determined to do. Now, that doesn't mean that that's not going to make you Godlike. It's just it's not the 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 the, the will that you develop to like master this is right. not what makes you Godlike. No, it, it, and and ultimately, if it is about a person, then. It's 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 not about you, right? It's right. Uh, you know the the great sort of spiritual um, idea of self forgetfulness. I think is important too. So if you're thinking I'm going to do this so that yeah. I myself can become more strong, then then I think you've fallen into the trap where you have turned yeah. it into toils and labors and not love. Yeah. Instead, then, you should say I want to. I want to be for him. Right, so one fifty, middle middle uh, middle of the page, and especially for those who love God, the toil of the commandments is easy and sweet, mm-hmm. since love for Him makes the struggle light and agreeable. Right, the burden is easy. Wait, no, the yoke. Uh, my yoke is yoke easy. Is my easy burden is light, and the burden is light. Yeah. On this account, the wicked one tries in every way to cast out fear of the Lord from our souls and to dissolve our love for him, striving with lawless pleasures and delightful enticements uh, in order that taking the soul without spiritual arms and unprotected, he may destroy our labors. Uh, I, I think in some ways, um, one, who, one who truly loves another um, labors and toils for the other, but they find it easy to do so. They find it right. easy to lay down their life for their friend, right? right? And that that I think is what it means to really love someone is that this isn't a burden. Right. This is this is actually my desire. Yeah. Right. Now, the greatest desire. Now, now it's now it's 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 toilsome, right. burdensome in a, in a sense, but it's it's as one said, it's a light burden. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's one that you are are you know. Um, Will, in some ways, not just willing to put up with, but you are eager to eager to suffer to, to suffer. Right. Yeah, so it's not, and, and, and I think this is what this is why when you don't have the person in mind, you think that Jesus is lying, right? My yoke is easy. Give me yeah, great Christianity's hard. Yeah. Did you see what happened to you, Christ? Yeah, yeah. Did you see what happened to your followers? No, but but, but that's because what you're thinking of is yourself, and you think this is painful. I don't like pain. And therefore, it's not easy. But really what you're thinking is, I don't like pain, right? Yeah. But right. it's not that it makes it less painful. And that's yeah. the key. It's yeah. the fact that it makes it delightful. Right. And, and, and this, is, this is making me, again, think of, well, it's probably Plato. Tell me if it is. But I read it in Joseph Pieper. 
and he has a book entitled... Which means it's probably Plato. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's why I was thinking that. He has a book entitled Only the Lover Sings. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is true. And, and, and Gregory talks about this even, even more hardcore on page 152. I, I, in, in, in the symposium, um, uh, he... Um, uh, 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 who is it? It's, it's towards the end of the, the speeches. They're going around giving speeches. It's one of the last ones. Um, um, Agathon. Uh, I think it's Agathon. Yeah. Uh, says... Love is one of the youngest gods, and it, and only the the youth, only the sort of the lively youth, those that are just sort of like eager and full of life, mm-hmm. are are the ones that love. And I think what he has in mind is, if you love, it makes you sort of young and eager right. and, and sort of willing to to you know put up with with things, and you don't even see them as things to be put up with. They're, right. they're, it's just sort of you know you re- you you lean towards it. Yeah, right, right. Because right. you're leaning towards the other, and the other happens to be through these crosses. Right, right. right. And so I'm going to go right into it. Yeah. Right. But I think, uh, but I think youth and 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 vigor and all of that is is only a sign of life. And if if yeah. love is life, right? Yeah. Then I mean, Christ says he's the light. Mm-hmm. He says he's the life. Yeah. He says he's the way. Yeah. <laughs> all the things that he says, right? So if if God is love and God is life, then love is life, and therefore to love is to be alive. Is to right. be young, right? That's what yeah. youth is. Yeah, that's what youth yeah, is. It's to love, and that's why. Which, that's why, if you love perfectly, you will have eternal life. Yeah, I think that's true, and and by eternal life, you'll always be, in, in the and, words of Rod Stewart, <laughs> forever young. <laughs> Look at that. We go from Plato to Rod Stewart. Yeah, this man. is this is education. This is embarrassing. This is <laughs> But I, I think I think this is this is I don't think anything is more important for me right now than to 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 try to communicate that eternal life is not a mere consequence of perfect love. Yeah. Right. It's not love so much so that you know you can out out, out of get the to uh, yeah you can get to heaven or out <laughs> of the little you know quarter machine at the uh, entrance of the grocery store what have you you get your little you know the little ball that comes down with the toy inside yeah. you know what I'm talking about <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. Little, and, and you open it up and it says eternal life and you're like oh I'm glad I put in the, you know the love token so now I can get the yeah. you know, eternal life <laughs> little ring oh, um, it has it has this is it is it is not it is not a consequence. It's constitutive, right? It's right. it's it's right. it's sort of the fabric. Love is the fabric of eternal life. Right. It's it's it is it is equivalent to it in some sense. Right. Which is why death is life because it, death done in the character of love is therefore life. Because it is the total gift of yourself to the other, which is love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and this is why Gregory on page 152, I'm going to get there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about, and this is, this is something that I think Christians have forgotten, except for you know some people who are retrieving this, creative retrieval, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is that Christianity is about gladness. And, and Francis says it in, in Evangelii Gaudium, right? Yeah. If, we, if we leave, if Christians walk around like they just left a funeral, then what are we saying? And it's not like I should, I should put a fake smile on my face so that I can make people Christians. But instead, it's a sign that I'm not Christian, that I'm not right, joyful, right? right? Which is, Gregory says, you know, what does it mean to say the kingdom of God is within us, right? This is this, yeah, this, yeah. this line of Jesus that I'm kind of obsessed with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What else than the gladness which comes from on high to souls through the Spirit? For this is like an image and deposit and a pattern, fabric, pattern, uh-huh. of everlasting uh-huh. grace which the souls of the saints enjoy in the time which is to come. And so he kind of goes on for a while about gladness, comfort. Joy. He doesn't use the word joy, but I mean, I don't know what the translation I, that, that Callahan's using here for, for gladness, but so, I'm thinking joy, right? Right, right. So, so yesterday um, uh, we were unable to go to Mass, and the, um, uh, it was the um, uh, uh, Laltare, Laltare Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. And I, and I, I uh, have always found it very puzzling why during Lent we would have a specific, specific Sunday for rejoicing. Yeah, I mean this is it was a strange thing, but I, I think this is mm-hmm. in the midst of um, the way of the cross. There is joy, and there has to be joy. Right, 
Right. Otherwise, otherwise, it's not um, the, the way of love, right? It's just the way of, of suffering for suffering's sake, which is mm-hmm. just the, that, that's sort of what maybe distinguishes the, uh, the Gospels from Schopenhauer's world is and will is re, uh, yeah. world and will is representation. And, and the question is, is as Christians, do we suffer for suffer's sake, or do we recognize that Christianity is about joy? And yeah. and and who is he? Who is? I mean, think about who he's talking about. Who is the joyful one here? He's the virgin who's given up marriage, right? Right. He's he's the one who is um, toiling to love his neighbor who is annoying as crap. He's the one that is, you know, a struggling in prayer to avoid, not to avoid, how does he put it, um, as he talks about the distractions in prayer and the struggle of prayer. Um, he says, uh, we have to uh, avoid sleep, heaviness of body, yeah, weakness right. of soul, carelessness and meanness and lack of endurance and other passions and activities of evil. And then he says, what is, what is, what is prayer? I mean, this is really interesting, actually, page 154. He says, um, he says, the one who prays is the one who looks directly toward the harbor above, right? stretching forth toward the end. Yeah, yeah. So pr- prayer is a looking. It's a, it's a, as you were saying mm-hmm. earlier, it's a looking. It's an it's a orientation or a, 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 an, an attentiveness. Yeah, and, and the, the key is attentiveness, I think. He says, for it is not the falling on one's knees nor the placing of ourselves in an attitude of prayer. So often mm-hmm. we reduce mm-hmm. prayer to that, and this is why we hate it, because right. it seems it seems like you're just suffering for it's suffering. It's for its own sake. Yeah. Getting on your knees is just for the sake of getting on your knees. Yeah, because getting on your knees is what Christians do, and we yeah. have to suffer. Yeah, yeah. Um, rather than thinking, he, he says, right, it's not that which is important and pleasing in the scripture while our thoughts wander far from God, but rather the giving of the soul to prayer after rejecting all idleness of thought and every undue preoccupation with the body. So I think his, his, his idea is prayer is about desiring and looking towards him. Yeah. And, and that, that involves falling on your knees sometimes, right. but it's not for the sake of falling on your knees. Right. It's and for the sake of desire. Here's what it's for the sake of. This is, this is a little bit further on that page, 154. The harvest of pure prayer is simplicity, love, humility, mm-hmm. strength, lack of evil, and such things, which the toil of the person eager in prayer produces here during the course of his life. Even before the eternal fruits, prayer is crowned by such fruits, and if it is lacking, the toil has been in vain. That's killer, right? That's killer. So, so the question is, like you have to ask yourself these things. Do I live a life of simplicity, love, humility, strength, lack of evil? And if I don't, then what Gregory's I think what Gregory's saying is mm-hmm. you're just not praying. Right. Yeah. And you might be like, but I pray every day. Because because um a a, a good tree doesn't bear bad fruit. Right, as someone once said. As someone once said. <laughs> as the good book says. Yeah, that's exactly, right? Exactly. <laughs> Um, and this is why I think when he gets into some of the suffering of Christ, it's not about suffering for suffering's sake, but again, it's about stretching forth right to the future. Yeah. Page 156 is kind of where he gets into that. He talks about the easy accomplishment of personal virtue um, because you've become more powerful by being the, as he puts it, husbandman of Christ and truth. Yeah. That's killer. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so what are you going to harvest? You're going to harvest of, of these fruits. And how are you going to harvest these fruits? Because you will take to yourself the sufferings of the Savior. Um, and that means that you will take on any suffering that you encounter is, is nothing because you're looking ahead to the beloved, right? Which, which again, of course, the, the, the great analogy is marriage, right? Um, you, yeah. you, you look towards the beloved and therefore if, if somebody says, well, the only way that you're actually going to be able to hang out with your wife is if you go through all this crap, you're going to be like, whatever, who cares? The only way that you are actually going to be united to this other person is if you go through all this junk. If you really love the other person, then the junk is nothing. Right? I mean, it's, right. In, in it's fact, not, it's, it's almost done joyfully. And, it, and it, I think it tr- transfigures the junk yeah. into, what do the kids say? Whatever the opposite of junk is. Boss, <laughs> boss. Yeah. What, I don't know what. It, uh, no, it was not junk. It's jank. It, jank. it takes the it takes the janky and makes it, it makes it bossy. Bossy. 
it, it, it bosses it, if right. you will. But, but again, I, I think that the idea here is that it doesn't actually change the thing. It changes you. And you become changed in such a way that you enter into it. But I think it even goes deeper. I think, it, I think by changing you, if, if, you're, if you are relational, then it, it changes sort of it changes that, that reality because of your, um, your, your, your relation to it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. One, one way to change um, something that, that – um, I mean, you can, you, can change, you can change a dollar bill. We can make dollar bills cease to exist, not by burning them, but by changing our our um, economic mm-hmm. intentions. Mm-hmm. Right? We can cease to make valuable things. We, we we can bring valuable things to 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 the loss of value by how we relate to them. And likewise, I think the opposite can occur: that we can make unvaluable things valuable right. by how we how we relate to them. So I, I think there's a sense in which you can actually make the suffering pleasure. Yeah. You can you can make you yeah. can make the death life. Yeah. Um, not just like in, internal, but I think it actually does take on the characteristic um, of of a new form. It, it it gets a new. It becomes a new creation. And, and but this can only happen if if in some sense you're constituted by relationality. Yeah. Right. If your relation to the other thing is what constitutes you and it, and therefore it changes, be, it changes and you change because the, the, the rock of it all is, in a sense, the relationality. Yeah, and if you're thinking to yourself, is how can being existence be relationality? <laughs> then go look at the first podcast <laughs> of the Norris Clark <laughs> playlist. <laughs> Exactly. You're already subscribed to the I, channel. You yeah. might as well take all yeah, the benefits. No, no, you, can, no, no. Right? So you don't have to pay any extra money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what time are we at here, Jager? Uh, 50, 52 minutes. Um, there, there was one thing. One okay, thing I wanted to mention. A little more time. Though. One thing I wanted to, that I thought because was, we, we we don't have time limits anymore, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> you don't have to go to your next this class. Is, so, so there there were a few cool things. This was this was um, something that shocked me on one forty nine. Okay. Um, I don't know where to begin, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's More on concealing. Yeah. Concealing um, the secrecy of all things. This. So uh, probably here. So four lines down on 149. The person who does not wait for the commendation um, from the Lord but anticipates his judgment falls into human opinions. He undertakes to honor himself among his brothers for his sufferings, and he does as the unbelievers do. Mm-hmm. For an unbeliever is the one who searches for human honors instead of celestial ones. As the Lord himself says somewhere, <laughs> that's how I quote scripture. You can tell Gregory's Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how can you believe who receive glory from one another? And do not seek the glory which is from the only God. That's killer. So, so when I read this, I wrote in the margin, "Whoa, atheism is practical." Right? <laughs> A- I mean, in the sense of like, yeah. it's a pra- atheism is not a theoretical doctrine. Right. It's a practical doctrine. Like, That's John Paul II talks about. So, like, so, so to be an atheist is to be one that that orients their life in a certain way, mm-hmm. not one who who you know. On a true or false right. uh, tax document, I guess it wouldn't be true or false. On a tax document, checks, you know, other or <laughs> non-believer. Yeah. Uh, right. A religious. Um, a religious. Right. No. The, the the atheist is the person who may even say the words, um, uh, right, uh, Lord, Lord, but are not permitted to enter the kingdom as. Has also been said <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yes, so, somewhere, <laughs> and I can truly say somewhere. I know it's in one of the four gospels. Uh, but the, so he says, the unbeliever is the one who searches for human honors instead of celestial ones. I and, think so. I, you know, I think I don't know what what. So next class we're reading on what it means to call oneself a Christian. Ooh. I, I really wonder if this is going to get into some of this stuff, right? So. It's not that you had water poured over you and words said, although it is in yeah. some sense, right? right? But rather it's that you are um, – are you seeking him rather than self? 
or or the honors of man, which ultimately, I mean, let's 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 read some Ecclesiastes. Right? Yeah. Vanity yeah. of vanities, right? right? Talk about the honor yeah. of men being vanity of vanities. I mean, think back 50 years. What do you remember from that? What do people remember from that? Right. Nothing. Right. And to seek some dumb honor, like, oh, dare I say the dean's list? Yeah. <laughs> is so useless. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely and, useless. And I think, I think um, we, we, we actually place too much stock in... Um, I mean that's a that's a bad metaphor, um, <laughs> but well, I'll, I'll go with it. We, we 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 put too much emphasis, even on what those honors will get us. Right. Right. So right. I mean I think a lot of people think, oh I really want you know I I enjoyed a couple of these classes, but I want to get a minor in this, this field because it'll be really useful helpful, um, and and I think, it's very easy, to um, overestimate. The value of a minor, <laughs> uh, or right. a major for that, or a major, yeah, right, right. I mean, but, I mean, I would almost say especially major. I mean, unless you're doing yeah. something like very, very specific, like nursing, then right. it doesn't really matter. Yeah, because yeah. what really matters is that you wake up in the morning and think to yourself, "Am I praying to God as a being?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I loving human honors? Yeah. Can, yeah. Do I do I see death as life? Yeah. yeah, I mean th- that's what really matters. So it doesn't matter if you have some piece of paper that, uh, says, that says "I see death as life." Right. <laughs> Instead, to think that you that you need that piece of paper is to see life as death. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that's I think that's exactly what what Gregory's saying is that, yeah. that you are seeking worldly honors, and it might even turn out that this is oh, this is getting. <laughs> This is maybe a little, a little um, too close for comfort. Risk, risky, yeah. But, we'll, we'll, but but it might actually turn out in in a, um, a, a post-Christian world that worldly honors are painted in 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 the um, brushstrokes of Christianity. Oh, absolutely. Right. So, so what is what it is? True. And he says this. Oh man. Uh, when he's talking why about the monks, the, the, abbots, the, why the monks go to the desert. Yeah, yeah. The monks went, to, but when he's talking about the um, the abbot um, or the sort of the leader of the, authority, of the community, the authority. Forty six. Yeah, one one forty five, one forty six. It is necessary for your service among men to be without pay, mm-hmm. bringing no honor and glory to the servant, lest one appear as quote serving to the eye as pleasers of men. Serve the Lord Himself and enter the narrow gate where. You zealously put on his yoke and bear it with pleasure to the end with good hope. Uh, a little bit further down, um, uh, taking account of the evil that lies in wait for them to uh, exercise worthily the arts of supervision, not destroying thought with authority. <laughs> uh, I think it's very, very easy for us now as a, as a, as a, as a church to turn to uh, a sort of praise of Catholic popularity uh-huh. as um, a mark of um, sort of worthiness in, in in the Christian life, but I think what what's really going on, and and this isn't sort of intentionally, I, I think, for a lot of people. So I, I'm, I'm not. I mean, there might not be. But that's but that might be more dreadful. Right. Right. I mean. I mean, dreadful. Sort of, like, hopefully. People are asking themselves, I really hope this isn't going on with me. Um, yeah. right? So yeah. I hope that, that people doing this are actually examining and, and realize it would, be, it would be worse to like, be ignorant of that this is happening. Mm-hmm. But, but I think it's a, it's a very tempting thing to have this um, um, worldly pursuit of Christian glory. Yeah. No, I think because because then it's not Christian glory. It's not. It's right. Right. It's and, worldly. And honor. he says. And he says. And, and it becomes the mark of, of the unbeliever. Yeah. And and I think that's a, that's that's why I said it's a slightly risque uh, um, in, in sort of the Catholic world today. Yeah. But but I think there there is no such thing as Catholic popularity. No. Or there shouldn't be. This is and, and I think this is this is going to be something you have to concern yourself with in a post-Constantinian world. Yeah. After Constantine. Yeah. This this is this yeah. is what happens, right? Right. Which is which is uh, I'll, I'll end it with this quote. Well, we'll end it with some some Polish punk. Yeah. But let's end with this quote on page one forty nine. Uh, 
Do not accept the honors of this life. Run in such a way as to conceal your struggles in behalf of virtue, lest the devil, finding an opportunity to tempt you with worldly honors and having distracted you from leisure for good, lead you to vanity and error. Yeah.